Hello, and welcome to the Performance Cycling Podcast. This is a Lap. I'm Jason Hammond, and I'm here with Todd Norwood. Hey, welcome to this Lap episode. Today, we're just going to have a quick review of a position statement paper that I recently reviewed. Uh, it's from the National Athletic Training Association, and the topic is fluid replacement for the physically active. So uh, very high level, if you're not familiar with position statements from organizations such as these, these are usually... Papers that are written base, based on a review of the research and looking at the specific topic, and they usually have a number of folks that weigh in on this and work together as a committee to come up with recommendations for people working in the field, in this case, as leg trainers, and what they should be recommending and doing with their athletes when it comes to hydration. Um, typically, now, typically, it's not a population of individuals working with cyclists. Usually, other like field sports is more common, but I think these principles do apply for cyclists so um, at the highest level if you just read the the synopsis of the paper you'd leave with sort of three recommendations one is that the athletic trainers should be educating their athletes on the effects of hydration for for performance so that's what we're doing right now in this episode is educating the athletes Um, second is we should be measuring sweat rates for an, for an individual athlete across different conditions. So if you race in the heat, you race in the cool, uh, you should have some idea of your sweat rate and how much fluid loss you have across these conditions. I think that makes perfect sense, right? If you're trying to optimize your performance, you need to understand how that may vary across conditions. And then the next recommendation that comes more or less directly out of that is that you should develop a personalized fluid, fluid replacement plan for a given athlete that's matched to the sweat rates so you can optimize performance all seems reasonable yeah uh i guess i my initial question is how do you measure sweat rate so there are there are very scientific ways to do it but i think the easiest way that's accessible to all of us is the bathroom scale before and after our ride okay wearing the same amount of clothes yep same clothes um well or hopefully not because if you're still in your sweaty cycling clothes that's not going to reflect the Mm. actual change right it's still on your clothes um and you know also then accounting for how much fluid you consume during your ride and again it's not perfect but it'll give you a pretty good estimate for um how how much water you lost during your during your ride so i guess i'm confused because you know you also eat food during your ride um you may not you know out all of what you consume during the ride is it really that good of a, a measurement and do you, you know then do you correlate the the change in weight you know you also have to take into account the ambient temperature you have to take into account the intensity of the workout how do we extrapolate this information correctly Ooh, tough question of course they didn't answer that one in the paper <laughs> uh, you know i mean i think look if you think about you're trying to get within a couple percent you're trying to keep your weight within a couple percent uh, you know, so if you're figure a uh, 150 pound rider, it's a one and a half pound variation, right? So that's like a full bottle of being off. I suspect you're probably not eating that much. Plus you're burning some carbs. Like I think, I think it's a good enough tool for most people. And what you should see is you don't lose a lot of weight, right? Your weight should be fairly close. And if your weight's way off, then you must've missed one way or another. Right. So it's maybe not specific, but it's probably fairly sensitive to um, a poor hydration strategy. Sure. So um, and the importance of this is to make sure that um, for the day of making sure we don't have any hydration issues or performance drop. Is that correct? And then also preparing for the next day. 
exactly. So they, they said some interesting things in here. So one of the key things is as you uh, decrease your hydration status, so you go from having an ideal hydration level to being less hydrated, uh, it increases the stress on the cardiac system as you're exercising. With cycling being primarily aerobic activity, we want to reduce that as much as we can. Um, and in addition, there are studies that show with as little as a 2% loss in your uh, body weight um, and fluid, you suffer decreases in performance in anaerobic and aerobic performance. So like these are the things you're thinking of, right? You want to optimize your aerobic and anaerobic performance in an event so you can have your best result. Um, some other interesting things that I, I saw in this paper, uh, one is they had some studies that showed up to 50% of athletes across all levels. So from, you know, high school all the way up to professional level, start their workouts under hydrated. Uh, I can believe that. Which is like, that's, you know, like, well, that's sort of disappointing if you know that you're reducing your performance. So you're not, now your workout is compromised and, you know, you can follow from there. Um, they also noted that um, thirst first thing in the morning uh, may be a good indicator for being underhydrated. So mm -hmm. if you wake up first thing in the morning and you're about to go do your workout, but you're thirsty, like heads up, you're probably under underhydrated. And that may be something that you think about remedying. So you probably shouldn't be waking up. Uh, with thirst immediately um the regarding the uh waking up with thirst i think um i think it was phil guyman who said the world would be a great place if everyone drank a liter of water when they woke up or something yeah, like that yeah yeah and and basically everyone wakes up dehydrated, dehydrated and a lot of us including myself will drink coffee first thing in the morning and there's actually isn't a difference in your hydration or the hydration response to coffee or water like mm -hmm. you absorb the same amount of fluid from both but it's a lot easier to drink a liter of water than it is to drink a liter of coffee. And so it is a good idea to, to supplement with water right when you wake up. Yeah. And so interestingly, they, they did talk about caffeine. Uh, one of the things they said is that at a level of three milligrams per kilo body weight. So if you're about 150 pounds, again, that's the, about the caffeine in a cup of coffee, more or less like a, a mug of coffee. Yeah. 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 Um, no diuretic effect during exercise. So not a, not a problem. It's not going to make you lose water. Um, I think the last, well, I guess two interesting points. One, there's no benefit of increasing your hydration um, prior to an event, like having excess excess water. Like overhydrated. Yeah, being overhydrated. And in fact, that's actually negative. You gain weight during your exercise. You're increasing your risk for hyponatremia, which is having too low of a salt concentration. So you want to lose a little bit of weight. Or at least be same weight. You don't want to gain weight. Okay. Um, and again, within that one to two percent range, that's fine. That's considered to be acceptable. Sure. And there, there is some newer. That's a twenty. This is twenty seventeen position statement. There's some newer things I've said, suge seen, suggesting that maybe even three, four percent, possibly, might not be a bad thing. Um, and then, you know, last thing that I think hopefully we all know as cyclists is that in longer events, um, not just water, but water. In, with carbohydrate and electrolytes uh, mixed in the solution can actually improve your endurance performance and help with the hydration and maintain your hydration status. So, you know, shocker, we all have sports drinks and gels and all these things that we consume while we're on the bike with that desire in mind to uh, maximize our performance. I w my personal experience has been anything over two hours or anything particularly warm. Mm -hmm. Electrolyte drink is going to benefit you. 
anything shorter, I honestly don't notice a difference. It's an hour or less for sure. I don't think there's a whole lot of value. Yeah. And uh, I would even say up to two hours. I don't really notice a difference. And if it's, you know, I think there's maybe like the psychological part of like, oh, it's nice to, if I'm a little parched, get some water. But beyond that, it's really not doing a whole lot for you. Yeah. Yeah. The psychological effect, like sometimes the saltiness can feel nice um, yeah. when you drink it. If you, if you have um, like a weird taste in your mouth or any issues with that. Yep. Absolutely. So that's the quick the quick synopsis on hydration. But I think the, the main takeaways, right, is, you know, one, you don't, want to, you don't want to be starting a workout underhydrated. If you wake up in the morning and feeling thirsty, maybe something to evaluate as far as your hydration status and your hydration strategies throughout the day. Uh, I think the other piece is have some idea of what your sweat rate is or what your fluid loss is over time in different environments. And then based on that, try to build out a plan that you know how how you're going to hydrate in the specific events that you uh, take part in so you can optimize your performance and not have a reduction in your aerobic and anaerobic performance all right thanks todd and uh until next time go ride your bike